0: Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, June 8th, 2020. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's briefing includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Catherine Barger, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and as a reminder, be sure to subscribe to our show and leave us a review in your podcast app. We hope you follow our department across all social media, including Twitter instagram and facebook at la public health and now supervisor barger hello and good afternoon
1: thank you for joining us for today's press briefing i'm supervisor katherine barger chair of the los angeles county board of supervisors we are eager to see more people across la county returning to work last week we saw 17.8 decrease in unemployment claims from the previous week This shows steady improvement to support workers across the county. With the same goal in mind, last Tuesday I chaired the third convening meeting of the Economic Resiliency Task Force. During this meeting, the sector leaders reported their proposed plans to support safe reopening. The first was from the sports and large venue sector, which presented a roadmap to begin sporting events without spectators, leading up to plans for fans to return to stadiums as normal. Second, the business, corporate, and manufacturing sector presented a reopening plan that covers a spectrum of industries and includes a phased reopening of our office buildings. Third, the restaurant and hospitality sector provided an updated plan, which has already been incorporated by the Department of Public Health and includes specific social distancing guidelines and re- recommendations to help restaurants protect employees and to protect the customers. The fourth and final presentation was by the film, entertainment, digital media, and theme park sector, sharing its work on an industry white, uh, work with an industry white paper that they created in conjunction with labor partners to resume in, filming and entertainment. This past Friday, the county received guidance from the state to reopen additional key sectors as early as June, late part June 12th, This includes schools, day camps, museums, camping, and spectator-free events. The county is actively reviewing the guidelines from the state to determine how these organizations can reopen with necessary safeguards and with the precautions in place. An announcement will be made prior to Friday regarding which sectors can reopen with their final protocols. This is another important milestone for the county as we continue our path toward recovery and transition from safer at home to safer at work and safer in our communities. As more businesses and activities reopen, I encourage all our residents to continue to practice social distancing, wear cloth face coverings, and follow all the public health guidelines. There is still a pressing need for workers to access essential personal protective equipment. Two months ago, BizFez launched a partnership with local and state leaders, labor leaders, and business organizations. They have been working together to mobilize and donate much needed equipment and supplies to protect workers throughout Los Angeles County and to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. Last week, a group of generous volunteers distributed much needed protective equipment and 900 bottles of hand sanitizer and 900 bottles of hand hand soap to child care providers in Burbank and in Lancaster. For more information on how you can support this important cause, please visit BizFed Institute online at bizfedinstitute.org. Or you can reach out to my website at katherinebarger.lacounty.gov Or through social media in closing I want to take another moment to recognize the events we have witnessed witnessed over the last two weeks across Los Angeles County thousands of residents are displaying their dedication to justice and equality thank you to all those who continue to come together peacefully in the spirit of unity and collaboration to find solutions to combat justice and I also want to thank those on the line our first responders who are helping us keep peace on the streets. We appreciate you each and every day, and we know you are working hard under very difficult circumstances. In a time when we can be so divided, especially after months of being apart, this shows that our communities are still deeply connected. We appreciate each and every one of you. Now with that, I would like to invite Dr. Barbara Ferrer up to give the weekly stats. Thank you.
2: Uh, good afternoon everyone and thank you so much supervisor barger and to the entire board of supervisors Uh, throughout this pandemic and our recovery journey you've shown incredible strength and leadership and i'm very grateful for all you do for la county Uh, to update you on our current status i'm sad to report 10 additional people have died from COVID-19. 19. six of the people who died are over the age of 65 and three people over the age of 65 who passed away had underlying health conditions. Three people who died are between the ages of 41 and 65, and two of the people in this age group also had underlying health conditions. Information on the one death reported by the city of Pasadena is available on cityofpasadena.net. Of the nine newly reported deaths today, uh, excluding the death reported by the city of Pasadena, one death was associated with a resident at a skilled nursing facility this brings our total number of deaths to 2655 and every day uh, i do report on the numbers knowing that they represent real people who have had uh, amazing impact in their own lives and have now passed away and they do represent also families and friends who are experiencing profound loss So our thoughts and prayers are very much with everyone, and we're very sorry uh, for your loss. For the 2,463 people who passed away where race, ethnicity has been identified, 41% are Latino, Latinx, 28% are white, 18% are Asian, 12% are African-American, less than 1% are Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, and 1% identified with another race or ethnicity. 93% of the people who have passed away from COVID-19 have had underlying health conditions. And this number has stayed consistent throughout the pandemic. So if you're a person with an underlying health condition, this is a reminder that we do ask that you stay home as much as possible, even during our recovery journey. Today, we're reporting 823 new cases. And I wanna just note that typically on Mondays our deaths and our case counts are lower because of a lag in reporting from the weekend. This does bring the total number of people who have tested positive for COVID-19 in LA County to 64,644. The 64,644 total cases we're reporting include 2,227 total cases reported by the City of Long Beach and 987 total cases reported by the City of Pasadena. Both cities have independent health departments. We're also reporting 462 confirmed cases among people experiencing homelessness. Uh, Less than half of these, 205, were among people who were sheltered and who are now appropriately isolated and their close contacts are quarantined. I am also sad to report that one additional person experiencing homelessness has passed away from COVID-19, and this does bring the total deaths among people experiencing homelessness to 14. And to the family and friends of the person who died, we offer you our deepest condolences. 6,923 people who have tested positive for COVID-19 have been hospitalized at some point during their illness and this has now dropped to 11% of all of our positive cases. And there are currently 1,399 people who have confirmed cases of COVID-19 and are hospitalized. 30% of the people who are hospitalized today are in the ICU, and 21% of the people are on ventilators. We've also investigated a total of 584 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings, with at least one confirmed or suspect case of COVID-19, of these, we have currently we have currently have 488 ongoing investigations, and we've closed 96 investigations. These settings do include nursing homes, assisted living facilities, shelters, treatment centers, supportive living, correctional facilities, workplaces, food and retail, and educational settings. The total confirmed cases in institutional settings is 15,436. And this does include 10,158 residents and 5,278 staff members. I am sad to report that 1,432 people who have been living in institutional settings died from COVID-19. And that 89% of the people who passed away and were living in institutional settings did reside in our skilled nursing facilities. Our hearts go out to the families and the friends of the people who have passed away and were living in these facilities. We're continuing to work hard with our partners and the facilities to make these these spaces uh, as safe as possible, both for employees and for residents. And I do wanna note that the death rate of people living in the skilled nursing facilities while still uh, high and happening each day, has dramatically come down uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, We are reporting 989 confirmed cases at some point in jail facilities. 745 are among people who are incarcerated, uh, and 244 staff. There are 178 cases in the state prison, 128 among people who are incarcerated, and 50 among staff and there are 758 cases in the federal prison facilities, 743 among people who are incarcerated, and 15 among staff. There are now 28 cases in the juvenile facilities. This includes 13 among youth and a slight increase up to 15 among staff. You can find information on confirmed and suspect cases in these facilities, as well as our dashboard, Uh, for uh, recovery on our website at publichealth.lacounty.gov. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department is reporting 317 positive cases among staff, 349 staff are quarantined, and 2,086 staff have returned to work. Uh, The L.A. County Fire Department is reporting that 601 staff members were tested for COVID-19, only 31 staff have tested positive. 12 are isolated at home, 30 have returned to work, and one person is homesick. Uh, thank you again, Sheriff Villanueva and Chief Osby uh, for providing us with this information. There are now over 708,000 COVID-19 test results for individuals that have been reported to the LA County Department of Public Health. And 8% of the people who were tested uh, over time have tested positive. I want to remind folks that there are still appointments available at the regional testing sites. You can go to COVID19.lacounty.gov slash testing to find a site near you and to make an appointment. I do today want to give an update on cases among healthcare workers. The numbers I'm reporting include healthcare workers who work in LA County, even though they may live in other jurisdictions. And there is a total of 6,031 healthcare workers and first responders with confirmed cases of COVID-19 in L.A. County. This is an additional 633 new cases since the previous week and accounts for 11% of all of our cases. Cases have been identified among 27 different occupational settings and the vast majority of the cases continue to be among healthcare workers from skilled nursing facilities and hospitals. Skilled nursing facilities account for, similar to last week, 43% of the cases, and this is partly a reflection of the increased testing at all of these sites. Hospitals account for the second largest group, which is an additional 25% of cases. The additional facilities that are reporting positive cases among healthcare workers include outpatient facilities, home health, first responders, and mental health settings. Nurses continue to account for the majority of positive cases at 44%, but cases have been identified among a range of occupational roles, including caregivers, medical assistants, physicians, and the people who are working in environmental services and food services. The source of exposure is known for 60% of the healthcare workers who tested positive for COVID-19, and of these 60%, 79% 79% of the healthcare workers with a known exposure were exposed at a healthcare facility. 6% of healthcare workers have been hospitalized for COVID 19 at some point in time. I'm sad to report that 41 healthcare workers have passed away from COVID 19, and this is two additional people since our last report uh, earlier last week. 29 of the healthcare workers who passed away worked in skilled nursing or assisted living facilities. Six people worked in hospitals, two people worked in home health, one person worked in a correctional facility, one person worked in a laboratory, and one person who died worked in an outpatient facility. There's one health care worker for whom uh, the workplace setting has not yet been identified. Uh, and I wanna know that, note that we're still gathering information on uh, the race and ethnicity uh, data for the healthcare workers who have passed away. I hope we'll have that for you shortly. The loss of the healthcare workers is devastating. And to those who are mourning these heroes, we join you in honoring your loved ones. And I also wanna give thanks to all of the healthcare workers across the county from the bottom of my heart. Every day you give so much to your work and to our communities and we owe you a huge debt of gratitude. In closing, I want to acknowledge that we're at a place in history where uh, we're facing uh, critically important issues and we're engaging in crucial work. And uh, many are committed in this moment in the continuing fight to end racism. And I applaud all of those who have stood for justice over the last two weeks. Uh, So many are returning to jobs uh, in what feels like a very different economy and a very different workplace. And many are hoping that jobs will return as businesses reopen and in the meantime, continue to struggle to make ends meet. So the reopening is challenging and we're still in the midst of a pandemic. COVID-19 remains easy to transmit and it does continue as you hear from our data Uh, during the week it does continue to cause serious illness and death every single social interaction that happens outside your household comes with risk to both the people who interact and if anyone should get infected to the people they live work and play with into the future and we can all think about the potential impact on people who are more vulnerable because of their age or their medical condition so please, as a reminder, wear the cloth face coverings when you're out and around other people. Practice your physical distancing by staying at least six feet apart from others whenever possible. And I really ask if you're running a business or you're in charge of making a public space safer for those who are using it, please follow all of the directors, directives for reopening because this is one way to make your space as safe as possible for employees, customers, and residents. If you've tested positive for COVID-19 or you're having symptoms, please isolate for 10 days and 72 hours after the fever and the symptoms subside. And if you're a close contact to someone who is positive for COVID-19, you too need to self-quarantine for a 14-day incubation period. And if you spent time in large gatherings, whether this was at the beach in a shopping mall or protesting peacefully and you think it's possible that you've been exposed to COVID-19 because you were not able to keep physical distance and not everyone near you was wearing a cloth face covering the best step to take is to self-quarantine for 14 days and to be particularly careful to protect the people around you who may be at great risk for illness uh, if they become infected if you've been exposed to someone at these gatherings that's positive or likely to have been pos- be positive for COVID-19, it is appropriate to get tested. But it's important to remember that a negative test result does not mean that you can't become infected during the 14-day incubation period. This is why even if you tested negative, it's still important to self-quarantine for 14 days And if you do start to develop symptoms, you need to contact your health provider and now you will need to isolate for an additional 10 days. Many of you I know have made these actions part of your day-to-day life. And we thank you for all you are doing to save lives. Uh, And thank you also for doing your best to help children, parents, partners, friends, and neighbors get through these continuing times of great challenge. And now we'd like to open for questions.
3: Thank you, and ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press one then zero on your telephone keypad if you have not already done so. And you may withdraw your question at any time by repeating the one zero command. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up the handset before pressing the numbers. Once again, for questions. You may press one, then zero at this time. Our first question from the line of uh, Jackie Fortier uh, with KPCC, your line is open. Thank you. Um, Dr. Ferrer, I'd like to hear why you think LA County's case numbers are so much higher than other major urban centers?
2: Yeah, thanks so much. It's a great question. You know, uh, those, uh, those case counts, you know, even as a rate are high. But they're really high as a reflection of the fact that we have a lot of people, 10 million people in our county, and we do a lot of testing. Um, So if you look at uh, the numbers of people that are getting tested in L.A. County, uh, when compared to the other large counties, uh, we test more people. And as long as we continue to test more people, we're going to have more uh, cases of people who are positive. Uh, I do want to note that the... The corollary uh, piece of information that I think we all need to pay attention to as well is what's the positivity rate? Uh, so when everyone goes and gets tested, uh, do we see an increase in our positivity rate? And right now we don't. Uh, right now our positivity rate is overall uh, slightly lower than 8 percent, and if you look at it for the last 7 to 14 days, it's dropped to about 5.5 percent. Uh, that's really uh, a number that shows us you know, what's happening in terms of transmission. Uh, in, a, in, a, I think, a, a more important way than just looking at uh, the case counts. Uh, but thank you, and we'll take the next question.
3: And our next question from the line of Brenda Gazzar with Southern California News Group. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um, Dr. Ferrer, you mentioned that the death rate of people living in skilled nursing facilities, while still high, has dramatically come down over the last two weeks. I'm wondering if you have uh, numbers that you can share with us that show that, and then why do you think that it has come down in the last two weeks? Thank you. Um,
2: Yeah, thanks a lot. And
3: I do have numbers, and
2: uh, we'll release them through our communications department. I also have a really nice graph uh, that actually shows the decline, and and it's been a steady decline. You know, again, uh, all of the deaths that are happening in these facilities are are tragic and – we'll try to get that number as close to uh, zero as we possibly can, uh, understanding that the people in these facilities are are very uh, fragile um, and we're doing our best. But as I said at the very uh, uh, beginning, uh, one of the things about this virus is we've continued to learn new things. And uh, as soon as we realized that we had a lot of asymptomatic spread and particularly uh, vulnerable, in, uh, in our institutional settings, where when we test people, we actually find far more people who are asymptomatic and positive than we find people who are positive uh, and uh, symptomatic. Uh, it was time to sort of change the tactics and really go not only to a testing strategy, but just as important to a different infection controlled strategy, which really uh, demands that everybody in the facility be wearing Uh, PPE, appropriate PPE, whether that's a surgical mask or that's uh, an N95, depends on the work you're doing. That was a big change at the facilities, but it also introduced an extra layer of protection. And it has taken a while for us to see the impact of these changes. First of all, it took a while to get the changes implemented, and now it's taken some time to actually uh, see that uh, it's um, actually had an impact on death rates. Uh, as we've noted, you know, death rates often lag behind uh, some of our other indicators. I'm hoping that we continue to see uh, a steady decline uh, in the rate of death in our skilled nursing facilities, particularly for residents, but I also wanna note uh, it's important for us to have protections for the employees who also uh, have uh, really borne the brunt of healthcare workers uh, who have been, in fact, um, uh, faced with both serious illness and even death uh, from COVID 19. So we'll continue to work on that and we'll make sure that the communications folks at the Department of Public Health issue those exact numbers. We'll take the next question.
3: We'll go to Claudia Pesciuta with KNX News Radio. Please go ahead.
4: Hi, thank you Um,
3: for uh, Catherine. I'm wondering if you saw or heard anything uh, in the sheriff's department's response to protests that concerns you, and if so, do you plan to do anything about that? And I'm wondering how the board might respond to protesters' demands for systemic change. And then um, on COVID, uh, Dr. Galley said last week that the county was switching. I believe
4: she said to only front of the nose
3: swab, um, because there are fewer false negatives, and I'm wondering if it's been recommended that everyone test that way, front-of-nose swab instead of the oral swab. Thank you.
1: So I didn't hear the first part of the question, but I think what you're asking me is um, if I— uh, If you had any
3: concerns
1: about the sheriff's department's response— Okay. —to the protest. So I, I guess what I would say is, and it's not just about sheriff, it's about law enforcement in general. And um, my concern is that people don't recognize the importance of having law enforcement out there and appreciate the fact that they are equally as outraged with what took place uh, and, the, and the murder of, of George Floyd. So, um, But in terms of their response, uh, I feel that they have done an incredible job, not only the sheriff, but LAPD, all of our um, local uh, uh, police, police agencies have done an incredible job is it could they do better always we can always do better not just in law enforcement but in politics and in every industry we can always do better um so i have no real issues with how law enforcement has um rolled out on these issues and and if there are any issues i know that the sheriff will investigate as chief moore has indicated he will be investigating as well so with that dr Fuller, oh dr galley
5: Hi, thanks for the question on the swab. So the county's drive-through testing sites are all shifting, as I mentioned on Friday, to the nasal swab. We're doing this uh, because we do believe that the specimen collection yields a better quality specimen, and because of that, there's fewer false negatives. So the sensitivity is higher, and the likelihood of getting the correct test result is higher than it is with the oral swabs, and that's based on a review Of the available data uh, across a number of studies. Uh, I do think that all of the different providers out there, there's a variety of factors to take into consideration when thinking about the best swab and test and vendor to use. Have to take into account not just the specimen collection, which is oral versus nasal or nasal pharyngeal, also has to take into account the type of staff that's available to supervise or perform the swabbing, the turnaround times uh, among the various labs, and the quality of the service that's provided by the various labs. Uh, It's really important to do a lot of due diligence with all of the various labs out there to make sure that the public or the patients that are being served are getting the highest quality test results that are possible. Next question. We'll go to the line of Olga Gregorian
3: with the Los Angeles Daily News. Please go ahead.
4: Oh hi! Thank you for taking my question. Uh, Dr. Farrow, how would you explain that some skilled
3: nursing facilities have a high number of deaths understaffed, had problems with infection
4: control in the past and still have been approved by Los Angeles County to become designated COVID-19 facilities. I also noticed that data for those facilities has been removed from Los Angeles County website. How
3: do you explain that? And I wonder if there's a way to find that data. Thank you. Um,
2: Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm not aware that data was taken off of the website, so I'll check Um, I I think if there's any designated COVID-19 facilities, they would still be listed. Um, So uh, let let us check into that. I I mean, there could be one of two explanations. One is it's an error. The other is uh, that we don't have any COVID-19 facilities any longer. Um, But we'll have to just get back to you. I I know we wouldn't have intentionally removed that designation from the website. And I, I do know that there have been questions that have been raised about You know, how does a facility get that COVID 19 designation? What kind of criteria are they being asked to meet? And, uh, you know, it really is a a set of criteria that are unique to the situation in the pandemic and that really look at the capacity of the entire system plus that facility in terms of their ability to really manage, as you noted, appropriately uh, care for patients who are positive for COVID 19. You know, our team works really hard, and I want to I note that our team is not just the infectious disease uh, clinicians, but it's also the team that actually has responsibility for inspecting skilled nursing facilities, you know, under a contract with the state. And that information is also reviewed by our partners at the state. Um, so, you know, uh, from my perspective, uh, there was a lot of due diligence that was done, and you also noted very few sites Uh, did become COVID-19 positive skilled nursing uh, facility sites. And it really was a reflection of what was needed at a moment in time uh, during the outbreaks. And uh, as we've worked with more and more skilled nursing facilities to increase their own capacity to manage cases, I think we have a a different landscape uh, that's going on right now in L.A. County. But thank you. And we'll take the next question.
3: From the line of Colleen Shelby with the Los Angeles Times. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, I wanted to know if health officials have been in contact with protest organizers to get the word out directly to protesters to get tested and isolate from individuals most at risk of contracting the virus, and also wondering how the protest might affect contact tracing methods.
2: Uh, Thank you. Um, And, you know, we've reached out in general. We have a lot of community partners to just, uh, again, emphasize it's so important that people can exercise their First Amendment right, and uh, we're really proud of the courageous people who have been peacefully uh, taking a stand against racism and police brutality. Uh, That being said, we've also uh, really tried to make sure that people have good information about how to take uh, personal precautions uh, that really can help other people, and also uh, other people can be helping you stay as safe as possible uh, during a protest. Uh, We are, of course, uh, working Uh, very closely uh, with all of our partners now around making sure that people understand uh, what the best course uh, is of action to take if you think you may have had an exposure uh, because of some of the activities you've been engaged in. And protests could be one of them, particularly if you found yourself in a very crowded situation for more than 15 minutes where you were very close to other people who may not have been wearing a, a face covering at all. Our recommendation still is that uh, you actually uh, what we call self-quarantine for 14 days. That's the full incubation period for this virus. Uh, You should, of course, uh, talk with your provider, particularly if you have underlying health conditions. Uh, That might make you a very good candidate uh, for getting tested. We do note that a negative test does not mean that you won't go on to develop uh, COVID-19 over the course of the 14 days. Um, and again, some people actually have called us and noted that uh, they know that they were in contact with somebody who later told them, uh, oh, I, "I tested and I was positive." And in that case, yes, those people are now close contacts. They should, in fact, go ahead and uh, get tested and self-quarantine. Contact tracing in all, any group setting, and I don't want to, you know, I don't. I want to note that that uh, being a part of a protest is really no different than having an exposure at an indoor mall or even at a restaurant or at the beach. Uh, In all of these sites, uh, there are gonna be people who may become or may may be positive for COVID-19. And when you're out and about, that's why we ask you to protect yourself and protect others by keeping your distance and using that cloth face covering because you could have an exposure and it will not come through a contact tracing system. Nobody knows that you were there, nobody has your name, uh, we can't call you, you know, I have a, you know well over a thousand people that, that call thousands and thousands of people every day. When we know their names and we have information and we can get in touch with them. For public exposures, uh, it's a risk that you need to be aware of and then you need to take appropriate actions because you may have been in a riskier situation. And that's why we say, if you think you had an exposure, the safest thing to do at this point is to self-quarantine for those 14 days to see whether you develop signs or symptoms. After the 14 days, if you didn't develop signs or symptoms, your incubation period is over, and from that exposure, you're very unlikely to develop the virus. And we'll take the next question. Go
3: to Denise Dador with KBCPZ. The line is open. Hi, um, good afternoon, Dr. Ferrer. You mentioned earlier about asymptomatic spread and how this is a problem. The World Health Organization reported today uh, that asymptomatic spread did not seem to go on to a secondary infection. Um, Do you have any new thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, You know, I do want to say that the science emerge, you know, there's new emerging science every day. Uh, We have to look at the WHO reports Uh, and put that um, together with reports that have come out of the Centers for Disease Control and other scientists and researchers uh, so that we can then best advise uh, folks on, you know, what should be the best course of action. I do want to say that there is unequivocally uh, asymptomatic spread. So I, I don't want anyone to get confused that people who are asymptomatic uh, may not be capable of spreading. They are in fact capable of spreading and we all need to keep that in mind. The question is how much are they spreading and as you noted, uh, what's happening with secondary spread. But I, I wanna make sure that people don't walk away saying, oh, if I don't have symptoms, I don't, nobody has to worry about uh, having an exposure from me because, because that's actually uh, not what the evidence shows us to date and we'll take the next question.
3: We go to the line of Dave Lopez with Channel 2 News LA. Please go ahead. Great. Good afternoon, Liz. Doctor, uh, a couple of real quick questions, if I may. Uh, Governor Cuomo said uh, recently that anyone who is protesting should assume they are positive, that they've been exposed and that they have the virus and get tested. Do you agree with that? Second of all, there was a report that said that there's been a slight increase at some of the labs of uh, positivity rates, for example, it went from less than 4% at this one particular lab to almost 9%. Is that true? And I know you wanna open up more, uh, Supervisor, but is there any fear that maybe you're moving too fast and will you still go ahead and try to open up the county even more on Friday?
1: So I'll answer the first part. And obviously, Dave, we are always taking a look at what public health is releasing in terms of the positive test rate and all. And make no mistake, we are doing this in a very um, deliberate and cautious way and actually have been one step behind the surrounding counties just for that reason. Because of the size, 10 million people, we recognize that there are a lot of other issues that come into play. But we also recognize that the longer we stay closed, knowing that we actually can do it in a responsible way with social distancing and encouraging people to wear um, uh, face cloth uh, coverings, um, that we need to get back to work and get the economy back working, and we can do both. It's not an either or, um, but we do look at the numbers. And with the protest, um, you know, I, I have to say, when the question is asked to me, um, why are protesters allowed to go out and defy public health orders, but businesses um, don't get that same break? And the reality is, is that you know, this is our new norm right now. So I'm hoping the people out there that are protesting are practicing social distancing and wearing face cloths because I don't want to have to revisit in three weeks um, businesses that have on the cusp of, of, of opening that um, know that if they do not open, they will not ever open again. So with that, I'll let Dr. Ferrer answer the second part of the question.
2: Uh, thanks so much, Supervisor. I, I, I also, um, I, do, I do want to note on, on sort of this exposure issue, um, and I know that uh, Governor Cuomo said today, you know, just assume that you're, you're probably positive uh, if you were uh, part of a protest. Uh, you know, I want to just do a little reality check, which is that we've been saying for months uh, that everyone is probably best off assuming that they could be positive and that other people could be positive. So it's it's really not necessarily related to the protest. It's related to the notion, and I think the supervisor said it best, of universal precautions, because we don't know at any moment in time whether we're infected or whether somebody else is infected. The best thing you can do as you go about your business is assume that other people might be infected and that you might be infected. And that's why we you know, really stress how important it is to do the two things that we all can do, because there's a lot of things out of our control right now. We can wear a cloth face covering and we can keep our distance. Uh, and those are the tools that we have. And you know, my sense is this goes for people going back to work, this goes for people going to the mall, this goes for people going to the beach. Uh, And it's not just an assumption you should make if you were a person who participated in a protest. It's an assumption you should make as you go out and about, uh, you know, getting back to some of your more normal activities. Because the risk is still there, uh, and even though it may not be a huge risk, it's enough of a risk that we all need to take these universal precautions, and then just to clarify, in the lab results, you know, you know we do put in our our table, you know, the percent by each lab. But I, I want to say it varies a lot, uh, both in terms of how it contributes to the overall rate, which, as you note, Dave, has stayed uh, below eight percent. But it contributes uh, depending on who's sending specimens to that lab, and sometimes, for example there's a contract with a whole host of nursing homes that goes to one lab, and that could actually, because at nursing homes, you know, our testing positivity rate is hovering about 11 or 12%. That would increase the positivity rate uh, for the specimens going to that one lab. The important uh, number is the total number, the cumulative number, and that's really stayed at about 8%. Um, And we have time for one more
3: question. You, that is from the line of Jim Roop with Westwood One News. Please go ahead. Hi, Mr. Roop. We do have the line open for you. Just a moment. Questions? There you go. Thank uh, you. Please go ahead. But the journal Nature has published two separate studies one done at UC Berkeley, the other one, I, I think, in the UK. But they had two separate methods, and they came to roughly the same conclusion that given most of the cases of COVID 19 have gone undiagnosed. Both studies suggest, without the stringent measures, including the masks, the hand washing, the social distancing, the so-called lockdown measures, that there would be, in just the U.S. alone, an estimated 60 million more cases. So these measures have been successful in stopping the spread. So in light of that, and in in what else you said about the fact that the virus is still out there, and aside from the hospital capacity, which, as I remember, was the original thought behind all these measures, what's the confidence in reopening
1: well I'm I'm going to let Dr. Ferrer answer about the confidence from a public health standpoint but again I'll say what I said to um, Mr. Lopez and that is that this board has taken the state guidelines and applied them across the board and the state is doing it based on public health and um, obviously this is a very fluid situation as it relates to the virus Dr. Ferrer said that you know we're learning something new weekly in terms of this virus But we are doing this in a way that with our sectors, with the resiliency task force, incorporating public health guidelines into the reopening, recognizing that in offices we may be having a lot of telework and um, a whole different dynamic in each um, office building in terms of the the space used. um, We are cognizant of the fact that um, it's going to be uh, ever-changing, but we're doing it in a very, as I keep saying, deliberate and cautious way. So with that, I'll let Dr. Ferrer answer the second part.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate the question, and I think Supervisor Barger said it best. Uh, you know, if this is a deliberate process to reopen. I do want to note that uh, other countries have reopened, and uh, it's you know we're not the only place uh, to look at what reopening uh, can do and mean. And some places have have reopened with a lot of success in being able to continue to uh, see that they're slowing the spread. So this is not an impossible task that we have set before us. Uh, This is entirely possible uh, to be able to reopen, do it in a a manner that continues to slow the spread. But I think the supervisor used uh, the the appropriate words here. It has to be deliberate, and we're all part of it. Um, And, uh, you know, I think uh, the recovery journey is absolutely essential. Uh, It's essential that we make progress on our reopening. Uh, And I think if we continue down a path that's deliberate, that's watching uh, the metrics that you can all see posted on our website, Um, we'll continue to make progress. Um,
6: Thank you, and now we'll move to remarks in Spanish. Buenas tardes. Para actualizarlos, nos da tristeza informarles que 10 personas adicionales han fallecido por causas de COVID-19. Esto eleva el número total de fallecimientos a 2,655. Para las 2,463 personas que fallecieron donde se identificó la raza etnicidad, el 41% son latinos, el 28% son blancos, el 18% son asiáticos, el 12% son afroamericanos, menos de 1% por ciento son nativos de Hawái o de las islas del Pacífico, y un por ciento se identifica con otra raza etnicidad. El 93 ciento de las personas que fallecieron por causas de COVID-19 tenían condiciones delicadas de salud. Este número se ha mantenido constante. Hoy estamos reportando 823 casos nuevos. Uh, como recordatorio, nuestros recuentos de fallecimientos y casos um, suelen ser menores los lunes debido a retrasos de los informes durante el fin de semana. Esto eleva el número total de personas que dieron positivo para COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles a 64,644. Estamos reportando 462 casos confirmados entre personas sin hogar. Y nos da tristeza informar que una persona adicional sin hogar ha fallecido a causa de COVID-19. Esto eleva el total de fallecimientos entre personas sin hogar a 14. 6,923 personas que dieron positivo por COVID-19 fueron hospitalizadas en algún momento durante su enfermedad, cual representa el 11% de todos los casos positivos. Actualmente hay 1,399 personas con COVID-19 que están hospitalizadas. El 30% de estas personas están en unidades de cuidados intensivos y el 21% de estas personas están en ventiladores. Hemos investigado un total de 584 entornos de congregación residenciales y no residenciales con al menos un caso confirmado o de sospecha de ser COVID-19. El total de casos confirmados en entornos institucionales es de 15,436 y esto incluye de 10,158 residentes y 5,278 miembros del personal. También nos da tristeza informar que 1,432 personas que vivían en entornos institucionales han fallecido por causas de COVID-19. El 89% de las personas vivían en centros de enfermería especializada. Estamos reportando 989 casos confirmados en algún momento en las cárceles. 745 entre personas encarceladas y 244 entre el personal. Hay 178 casos en la prisión estatal y 758 casos en prisiones federales y hay 28 casos en las instalaciones juveniles el departamento del aguacil reporta que entre su personal hay 317 casos positivos 349 349 empleados en cuarentena y 2086 empleados han regresado al trabajo El departamento de bomberos informa que entre su personal hay 601 miembros um, que han dado que han sido evaluados uh, por COVID-19. 31 han dado resultados positivos, 12 están aislados en casa, 30 han regresado al trabajo y uno está enfermo en casa. Más de mil resultados de la prueba de COVID-19 han sido reportados al Departamento de Salud Pública. Y el 8% de las personas evaluadas dieron resultados positivos. Hay citas disponibles en los sitios de pruebas reg- regionales. Y puede hacer una cita en COVID-19.lacounty.gov-testing. Un total de 6,031 profesionales de salud y personal de de primeros auxilios han dado resultados positivos de COVID-19 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Se trata de 633 casos nuevos desde nuestro informe la semana pasada. Se han identificado casos entre 27 entornos de trabajo diferentes y la gran mayoría de los casos continúan siendo entre pre- profesionales de salud en centros de enfermería especializada y en hospitales. Las instalaciones de enfermería especializada representan el 43% de los casos y esto es en parte un reflejo del aumento de pruebas en estos sitios. Los hospitales representan un 25% de los casos. Las enfermeras y enfermeros uh, continúan representando la, mayor, la mayoría de los casos positivos, a uh, 44%. Aunque los casos se han identificado entre una variedad de trabajos que incluyen asistentes médicos y personas que trabajan en servicios ambientales y en servicios de alimentos. La fuente de exposición es conocida por el 60% de los trabajadores de salud que dieron positivo para COVID-19. El 79% de los trabajadores de salud con exposición conocida estuvieron expuestos en un entorno de salud. 7% de los profesionales de salud que dieron resultados positivos para COVID-19 no tenían síntomas. 6% de los profesionales de salud han sido hospitalizados en algún momento por COVID-19. Nos da tristeza informar que 41 profesionales de salud han fallecido de COVID-19. Dos personas adicionales desde nuestro informe la semana semana pasada. Para finalizar, queremos reconocer que estamos en un punto en la historia donde nos enfrentamos a problemas importantes. Eh, Muchos están luchando para acabar con el racismo Y muchos están volviendo al trabajo con lo que se siente ser un trabajo y una economía completamente diferente. Y también muchos esperan que los trabajos vuelvan uh, en, en, en cuanto a las empresas reabran y mientras tanto luchan por llegar al fin del mes. La reapertura es un desafío ya que todavía estamos en medio de una pandemia y pandemia Y COVID-19 todavía es relativamente fácil de transmitir y sigue causando enfermedades graves y hasta la muerte. Cada interacción social fuera del hogar uh, significa un riesgo tanto para las personas que interactúan como, uh, perdón, si alguien se infecta, también para las personas con las que viven, trabajan o o con quien juegan o hacen deportes. Todos podemos pensar en el impacto uh, potencial en las personas que son más vulnerables, incluyendo a las personas mayores o las que tienen condiciones crónicas. Por eso, es importante que sigamos utilizando nuestras cubiertas de tela y practicar el distanciamiento físico. Si dirige un negocio o un espacio público, siga siga cuidadosamente todas las reglas. y um, para asegurarse que su espacio es lo más seguro posible para sus empleados, igual que para sus clientes. Y si ha dado positivo por COVID-19 o tiene síntomas, manténgase aislados uh, por 10 días y 72 horas después de que la fiebre y los síntomas hayan desaparecido. Si usted es un contacto cercano de alguien que es positivo para COVID-19, realice la cuarentena uh, por 14 días. Si pasó tiempo en grandes reuniones, puede ser que fue a la playa, o a un centro comercial o a una protesta, y cree que es posible que haya sido expuesto a COVID-19 porque no pudo mantener la distancia física o porque no todos llevaban la cubierta de tela en cara. Manténgase aislado y durante por 14 días y tenga cuidado de proteger a las personas que corren mayor riesgo. Está bien hacerse la prueba, pero es importante recordar que, hay, que un resultado negativo no significa que no se infecte durante los próximos 14 días. Eh, esa es la razón por cual, incluso si su resultado es negativo, sigue siendo importante ponerse en cuarentena durante 14 días y si comienza a desarrollar síntomas, llame a su médico. Y si no tiene un médico, puede llamar al 211 y le, le pueden localizar a alguien ahí en su comunidad. Si ha estado expuesto a alguien que dio resultado positivo um, para COVID-19, es apropiado hacerse la prueba. A través de todo esto, gracias a todos por hacer todo lo posible por ayudar a, a los niños, a los padres, a los amigos y a los vecinos uh, para superar estos tiempos tan difíciles. Gracias. Um and now we'll proceed to remarks in Armenian by Nona Oganesian
4: բարև ոլորին շնորհակալ եմ վերահսկիչ մարմինների ողջ խորրթին Ներկա իրավիճակի վերաբերյալ տեղեկությունները հետևյալն են այսօր ցավով հայտնում ենք եւս 10 մահվան մարդիկ այս մարտկանցից 6-ը 6, 65 տարեկանից բարձր են որոնցից 3-ը ունեցել են ուղեկցող տարիքը 41-ից 65-ն է Ու երկուսը ունեցել են ուղղացող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Սա ծերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 2655, Լոս Անջելոս շրջանը։ Կովիդ տասնինով ով մահացած անձանց 93 percent ուներ ուղղացող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Ինչը կարևորում է այն անձանց, ովքեր առողջության լուրջ եւ խուսափել 2463 هزار համար, ովքեր մահացել են, ռասա از պատկանելությունը հետևյալն է, է։ 41 پاتکان լատինո լատինեքս, 28 کاراسون սպիտակ, 18 لاتین ասիական, 12 تکوس سپیتاغ، تاسنه اوت հավայան կամ تأصیرکو تکوس آفرو آمریکاتی، میک تکوس بنی خواهیان Մենք հայտնում ենք 823 նոր դեպքերի մասին։ Masin, սա Birum, է Angeles, Rajani Dragan, Debkeri and Hanur Tiva, Vatsun Chorsh Hazar, Vetzaru, Karasun Chorsi. Ice Debker Nerarumen, Long Beach Karakum, Mergorzenger Neri, Gogmits Grant Svat, Yerku Hazar Pasadena Մենք հայտնում ենք 462 հաստատված դեպք Անոթևան ապրող մարտկան ժողանում։ Ապաստան գտած 205 անձինք պատշաճ կերպով մեկուսացված են, իսկ սերտ կապերը կարանտինացված են։ Անոթև հոսպիտալացման տվյալները։ 6923 դեպք ինչ որ պահի որը կազմում է բոլոր դրական դեպքերի 11%։ Ներկայումս հոսպիտալացվել են 1399 մարդ, որոնցից 30%-ը գտնվում են ինտենսիվ խնամքի բաժանմունքում, իսկ 21 percent միացված են օթափողիչների։ դրանց թվում են ծերանոցներ, ապաստաններ, پوچمان կենտրոններ, ازنداق բնակելի հաստատություններ تختنر. یه فکری که تاروغاکان միջավայրում հաստատված ընդհանուր դեպքերը 15,436 توات، انتخابات دبکریت تاس نهین گزار، چورسر یرسون وتسنن، نرایدال آن زنگازم իսկ فبنایکیشنر. از է بنایکیشنر Մենք զեկուցում ենք, որ հաստատված 989 դեպքեր արձանագրվել են քրյա կատարողական հիմնարկներում։ 178 դեպք նահանգային բանտերում, 128 բանտարկյալ եւ 50 աշխատակազմ։ یو դեպք یکشون բանտերում, 743 բանտարկյալ یو 15 کاراشون աշխատակազմ, 28 بانترکیل դեպք تا հաստատություններում։ Մենք տեղադրում ենք հաստատված դեպքերի کاسب میددپ آنچه پاز نری هستاد ز کویت کاروکت دسند، آروش چپاییم وارچوییم که ایکوم، publichealth.losangelescounty.gov. շրջանի انجلس شرجانی شریفی وارچویی نه زیکوی سومه. یک մեջ, از نیو دراگاندپ از نگاز می‌مچ. یک هفت کاراسونی نگارانتی Մեկուսացված ընտանը 31 դրական դեպքեր անзнаկազմի մեջ, մեկը հիվանդ է տանը եւ 30-ը վերադարձել են աշխատանքի։ Ավելի քան 708.000 մարդ տեստավորվել են եւ արդյունքները զեկուցվել են Los Angeles շրջան, որից 8% դրական են։ Ես ուսումեմ տեստավորվել, եթե Talatashurjanain Testavourman Varirum, Jamadruchan Hamar Karuhek Icelel, COVID-19 dat, Gov Testing. Tharmazum Aruh Chapchan ashatoh Ես կցանկանայի նայ վեց դարմացնել առողջապահական աշխատողների շրջանում կատարված դեպքերի վերաբերյալ։ Այս թվերը, որոնց մասին ես զեկուցում եմ, ներառում են առողջապահական ոլորտի աշխատողներ, որոնք աշխատում են Los Angeles քաղաքում, չնայած նրանք կարող են ապրել այլ իրավասություններում։ Անթանուր առողջապահական աշխատակիցներ եւ առաջին պատասխանատողներ հաստատվել են լոսանջելոս հաստատվել են կոവിഡ്-19 դրական դեպքեր։ Սա նախորդ շաբաթվա վերջից 633 նոր դեպք Կեպքեր. է։ Դեպքերը հայտնաբերվել են 27 տարբեր աշխատանքային վայրերում եւ դեպքերի ճնշող մեծամասնությունը շարունակվում է մնալ հմուտ բուժքույրերի եւ հիվանդանոցների բուժաշխատողների շրջանում։ Համոզ բուժողական հաստատությունները բաժին են ընկնում դեպքերի 43%։ Եվ դա մեծ մասամբ արտացոլված է այս վայրերում տեստավորման քանակի բարձրացման պատճառով։ Հիվանդանոցները կազմում են դեպքերի են, ամբուլատոր կայաներ, առաջին պատասխանողներ եւ հոգեական առողջության աշխատողներ։ Պուշկույրերը շարունակում են հաշվի դրական դեպքերի մեծ մասը 44%։ Չնայած դեպքերն հայտնաբերվել մի շարք այլ մասնագիտական աշխատողների շարքում՝ խնամակալներ, բժիշկներ, բժշկական օգնականներ եւ մարդիկ, ովքեր աշխատում են բնապահպանական եւ Բաժարհիթման աշխատերը հայտնի 60 է այն բուժաշխատողների 60%-ով։ Հայտնի է, յենթարկված բուժաշխատողների 79%-ը յենթարկվել են առողջապահական հաստատություններում։ Առողջապահական աշխատողների 7%-ը, ովքեր եղել COVID-19 դատնամբ, եղել են Առողջապահական աշխատողների 6%ը ինչfor պահի հոսպիտալացվել է COVID-19-ի համար Ցավով հայտնում ենք, 41 բուժաշխատող մահացել է COVID-19-ից։ Երկու լրացուցիչ մարդ մահացել է անցալ շփատված զեկույցից ի վեր։ Մահացած բուժաշխատողերից 29-ը, ովքեր մահացել են, են հմութ, բուժ, կամ վեց ոքի աշխատել են հիվանդանոցերում, երկու ոքի աշխատել են տնային առողջության ոլորտում, մեկ անց աշխատել է ուղիղ հիմնարկում, մեկ անձ աշխատել է լաբորատորիայում եւ մեկ անձի համար աշխատել աշխատավայրը հաստատված չէ։ Այս է համար, են Եվ ես ուսումնասեր շնորհակալություն հայտնել յուրաքանչյուր բույժ աշխատողի իմ սրտի խորքից ամեն դուք այնքան շատ եք տալիս ձեր աշխատանքին եւ մեր համայնքերին մենք բոլորս ձեզ եր, երախտագիտության հսկայական part ավարտելով ես ուսումնեմ խոստովանել որ մենք գտնվում ենք պատմության մեջ մի վայրում և կարևոր գործերի արխիվ։ Եվ շատերը հույս ունեն, որ գործերը վեր կսկսվեն վերաբացումից հետո, և միևնույն ժամանակ պայքարում են ավարտին հասնելու համար։ Վերաբացումը դժվար է։ Քանի որ մենք դեռ գտնվում կեսին։ Ես և, և COVID-19-ը փոխանցվել, Անտանեկներից դուրս յուրաքանչյուր սոցիալական փոխազդեցության վտանգ է ընթարկում, ինչպես այն մարդկանց, ովքեր շփվում են, այնպես էլ այն մարդկանց համար, ում հետ ապրում են աշխատում եւ խաղում ապագայում։ են վրա, խոցելի են կամ պատճառով։ դիմակ Երբ դուրս եկ, եւ այլ մարդկան շրջապատում եմ։ Պահպանեք ֆիզիկական հերավորություն առնваզը 6-ը վոտք։ Եթե բիզնես կամ հասարակական տարածք եք վարում, ուշադիր հետևեք վերաբացման բոլոր հրահանգներին։ Հաճախորդների համար եւ տարածքի աշխատողների համար անվտանգ դարձնելու։ Եթե դրական կամ ունեք ախտանիշներ, Ինքնա մեկուսացեք 10 որ եւ 72 ժամ ջերմությունը անցնելուց հետո։ Եթե դուք ունեք մի անցի հետ սերտ շփում, որը դրական է covid 19 համար, ապա 14 որ ինքնա մեկուսացեք։ Եթե ժամանակ եք անցկացրել մեկ մեջ եւ կարծում covid Կանե որ չեք կարողացել ֆիզիկական հերավորություն պահպանել եւ ոչ բոլորն են կրում դիմակ 14 օր զգուշ եղեք պաշտանել այն մարդկանց ովքեր ավելի մեծ վտանգ են ենթարկվում լուրջ հիվանդություններից բայց կարեւոր հիշել որ բացասական որ առաջիկա Ահա տենչու նույնիսկ եթե դուք բացասական եք փորձարկվել 14 օրվա ընթացքում դեռևս կարող եք ինքնաիզոլացվել, եթե սկսում եք ախտանიშներ ունենալ եւ դիմեք ձեր առողջապահության ներկայացուցիչին։ Եթե դուք այս հավաքույթին մեկի հետ, ով հավանաբար դրական է covid Ձեզանից շատերը կատարել են այս գործողությունները Ձեր առօրյա կյանքի մեջ, եւ մենք Ձեզ շնորակալություն ենք հայտնում մեր սրտի խորքից։ Շնորակալություն եմ հայտնում, որ անում եք հնարավորին ամեն ինչ երեխաներին, ծնողերին, գործընկերներին, ընկերներին եւ հարեւաններին օգնելու համար այս Thank you. This concludes the press conference.
0: This episode of L.A. Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at L.A. Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health Podcast.